Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Sunday, November 1st. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from sunny Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Normally every Saturday at noon, today we're doing a special show. As you know, I will take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at com. We've got a fantastic show for you today. Later in the show, we will be discussing aerators, taste enhancers, or gimmick. We'll talk about some industry updates in my segment called Heard It Through the Grapevine. After that, I'll give you my review of great value-priced wines. Today's wine is from Italy and under $20, so you'll want to stick around for that. I'll make some red and white wine recommendations in my segment, Stu's Pick of the Week. Also, I will mention a few wine events going on around the country. So if you want a good wine festival to go to, you'll want to hear my suggestions. Up first, my Heard It Through the Grapevine industry updates. Some breaking news from the industry from WineBusiness.com. This is an excerpt from the article. The article is titled, New Vine Files Chapter 7. Here's the excerpt in quotes. Just a few days after Amazon confirmed it is pulling out of the wine space, New Vine Inc. has filed bankruptcy under IBG's structure of controlling the secured debt according to a Dun & Bradstreet advisory. The bankruptcy was filed on October 23rd in U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Santa Rosa. The filing lists liabilities of about $7 million and no assets. In a statement released today by Inertia Beverage Group, the company stated, Inertia Beverage Group was not involved in the bankruptcy filing of Nuvine, as reported today in a variety of media outlets. That filing was initiated by the old Nuvine Corporation, which remained a separate business entity after IBG acquired substantially all of its assets in a properly constructed and executed foreclosure auction in July. Our understanding is that the filing is a normal course of action any company winding down its existence would take. In July, Inertia Beverage Group was the winning bidder of a foreclosure auction for various assets owned by Nuvine. End quote. Okay, my thought on that. Really, I am all for people buying wine via the Internet. That is a total given. However, it's tough out there and very competitive. It's not a surprise that Amazon got out of the wine shipping business. They really didn't belong in it to begin with. I know that the art of doing business will always show you. As one business goes under, another will reap the benefits and flourish. In this end of the market, this will happen as well. I still am a firm believer that just as you can buy a car online, you can't kick the tires or take it for a test drive from your chair. Same applies to buying wine. You need to hold the bottle, 
you need to taste it at a store or a restaurant. You really need to know if the wine is right for you. Next update is from the New York Times from October 28th. This is an excerpt from the article called The Fanciful Notion of Minerality in Wine by Colin Miner. And it asked the question, can minerals in soil impart flavor to wine? It's a good question. And it goes on to say, the notion refers to a wine's goût terroir, or taste of the soil. The presumed ability of a, a vine to absorb minerals from the soil and then impart them into the finished wine. Last week, the Geological Society of America had their annual meeting in Portland, Oregon, and one of the sessions, the relationship of geology, soils, hydrology, and climate to wine, included papers that debunked that notion. The quote goes on to say, the idea is romantic and highly useful commercially, but it is scientifically untenable, wrote Alex Maltman, a professor at the Institute of Geography and Earth Sciences at Aberystwyth University. Mr. Maltman, who said he is writing a book on geology and wine, which will address what he calls the misunderstandings, wrote that while there is no question that vines absorb minerals from the soil, the amounts are far below the human taste threshold. Whatever minerality in wine is, it is not the taste of vineyard minerals, he wrote. Okay, my thought on this. Wine is has many flavors, has many tastes, and the description of minerality basically is just that. It describes to you a taste or flavor that you get out of wine. That's basically what it comes down to. It's just a way of giving somebody a putting a name to what they're tasting. And in that simplistic thought, I'm fine with it. I think it's, you know, I, you know, I understand people use things commercially, you know, buzzwords and such to get people to buy wine or taste wine or whatever it may be. But for the most part, I really think that that's a, a pretty um, a safe and uh, great way to give somebody uh, a clue as to what they're tasting. Remember, if you have any questions, I have answers, so I will take your calls at 1-646-381-4860. Or again, you can email me at info at stewthewineguru.com. So now let's talk about some great value-priced wine. Today's choice is from Italy. It's a 2006 Masi Toscana Serego Alighieri Bello Ovile. Lots to say. Wine Spectre gives it a, uh, around 90 points. I give it actually 92. I think mean, it's a fantastic. This is a bold Tuscan red for approximately $19. It's got black cherry on the nose with maybe some dried flowers. It's full-bodied with beautiful ripe fruit, nice soft tannins, and a long, lightly jammy finish. It's a blend of Sangiovese and Aolo and Cigarolo. You can drink this now through 2014. Uh, it's great by itself. Or pair it with a big plate of pasta or a bowl of mussels marinara. And that's real good. Um, I see we've got a uh, caller that's called in here uh, from 856. So uh, let's see. What is your first name and what is your question? Hi, uh, Stu. This is Jackie. I'm calling from the Philadelphia area. How are you today? Hey, Jackie. How are you doing? From Philly. I'm good. I'm good. What's your question for today? 
Well, you're talking about inexpensive wines, and yeah. it just triggered something with me because I have found, you know, I have had, like, really, really expensive wines and champagnes, and I've sometimes liked the $11 bottle of wine okay. over the $80 bottle of wine. So why is it that some wines are so high-priced, yet the taste of the wine might not be as good as something that's only 11 12 14 18 you know, or under, you know, $20 or under. Excellent question, and there's a very good answer to that. A couple of different factors factor into why one wine uh, might be able to garner that kind of price point versus uh, the less expensive, everyday, accessible wine. Uh, mm -hmm. The first would be the vineyard's uh, reputation, uh, how long they've been in business. Uh, of course, marketing, that has a very big deal to do with it. You know, a, lot okay. of people, a lot of vineyards will go out there, and they spend a, an awful lot of money marketing themselves, and they get a name over a course of time. So as they put out a decent wine, uh, their name cachet, if you will, goes up, and they are able to charge more for what they, what they produce. Now, uh, that's not okay. to say everyone's palate is completely different. That's mm -hmm. the second part of what I was about to tell you, and that is that I've poured a $75 bottle of wine and of one varietal to a, a, a person, and right next to it, I poured a $15 bottle of that same varietal and asked them to try a blind taste test. And in doing so, they actually liked, I'd say, about three times out of maybe maybe six, so about 50% of the time, people have gone with the, the lesser expensive wine, not knowing it, just going by purely taste. And, the, and, and in truth, it really comes down to your palate, very personal thing. However, um, there are very good wines, I'm sure that you've experienced, at the $12 or $15 range, $11 range, that you would, I would call, let's say, your everyday wine. Uh, right. I don't think that anybody, you know, even the wealthiest in this economy, would go out there and plunk down $80 every single time just for an everyday wine. It doesn't, you know, right. it's, not, uh, it's not really, let's say, financially sound, but at the same token, you know, because there's, there's plenty, of, there's a plethora of good wine out there. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that answers your question in that. Uh, it definitely that does. Time. And then my my last question is, I I think I know that you've been to Napa Valley before. Oh yes, I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> when when I'm out there, um, is there like a concierge service, or is there a, like should I buy a travel guide? Is there like a, a a best way to go when you're planning a trip? Because I was going to go in the summertime. Yes. Um, I would go, here's what I do, I'd go online and I'd go, um, of course, put in Napa and you mm -hmm. know, Napa Valley and all that. And there are uh, plenty of, you can go with, of course, if you want a Fromer's Guide, that's one way of doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people out there actually in Napa that will solicit online that you can you know, take tours and they can take you around to different key uh, wineries to go to. I would suggest, first and foremost, of the Napa wines that you have tried, possibly mm -hmm. to go to those first. Go to the ones oh, that you've okay. tried. Exactly. Absolutely. So, in other words, if you can, you know, research back, depending on, you know, how much wine you, you, you drink in the course of time and ones that you mm -hmm. remember, uh, I would say, okay, I, I take a pen and paper, and I would write down, okay, this one I love, they're in Napa, I'm going definitely to their winery, and make a list of that. It depends on how many days, of course, that you're going to be in Napa, so you want to be able to space it out. You want to be right. doing five or ten or fifteen a day would be, you know, kind of impossible. And, so and then driving. And, of course, <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to say. 
getting into a car and driving. You're going to be going down, uh, you know, 29, which is the main thoroughfare through uh, St. Helena, which is basically Napa Valley. Uh, you've got okay. that, and you've got the Silverado Trail. They're both, they run kind of parallel to each other. And all of the wineries are basically off of that. So you can either go on, on one main road or the other main road and, and, and hit all the, probably all the ones you really want to get to. Um, I'd also suggest, you know, staying. I don't know if you've made those plans yet, but as far as staying goes, there's a lot of great places to stay that, you know, will offer kind of wine and food packages as well. You know, you can stay in bed and breakfast. Those are great. Um, oh, I love B&Bs. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and not one, any one in particular that I recommend. I think you'll, you, here's the thing that I've always said about Napa Valley. You can walk maybe half a step and mm-hmm. not, and, and get a great meal and mm-hmm. a great, a great glass of wine. It's impossible mm-hmm. to get a bad one of either of those. So the good thing is, is that, you know, no matter where you go, what you hit, you want to, want to keep yourself kind of centrally located if you can. Okay. And then go around from there. You can almost literally, in some senses, there, there are bike tours uh, if you want to. I don't always recommend that. I kind of laugh. I kind of see people riding on bicycles, you know, and, and they're going around to tour the different wineries. And although that's a great idea, you know, you have to exert a lot of energy sure do, of, yeah. to, to, to work a bike. After a couple of, I mean, one winery, two wineries, getting back on a bike, it's like you're looking at the bike and going, okay, give me a cab. Yeah, I'll put the bike in you the know, back. I'll get, yeah. I'll, where's my limo? <laughs> Where's my, you know, where's my driver? You're not going to be, you know, I mean, of course I joke, but uh, I would suggest there's a lot of different, um, I, would do, I would do that first with the wineries. I would put down a list. Okay. And then what I would do is I would look to, um, look at ones that you have heard about or ones that you've wanted to try that you thought, okay. like, I don't know if you've had cake bread or, um, you know, opus. But there are some really, really nice vineyards, Silver, uh, Silver Oak, that's another good one. And if you haven't, those are kind of the, you know, the top-end, more premier wine um, wineries that you want to go to and wine producers. Okay. So that's just a, a little idea. Food-wise, there's a couple of great restaurants. I'll tell you, though, I mean, like the French Laundry is one that I think of and all. But the problem is, is that, one, it's an arm and a leg. Okay? Real, two, oh, if it's good, it's worth it, though. Well, that's one. And then the other thing is you really, I mean, probably now would be a good time. If you're going to be going in the summer, would mm-hmm. be to call them up, contact them, and let them know you want, that you want a reservation. Because believe it or not, this far out, they're actually, they would be taking reservations. It's that Oh, wow. Out. Yeah, it's, it's one of the premier restaurants, if you will, or uh, culinary experiences to have in Napa. So I just, okay. you know, that's one off the top of my head that everyone talks about going to, and it's a great experience. So it's not too early for me to book now. I would, yeah, I would suggest giving a call to them and, and, and seeing if it's uh, feasible to, to do so. Because, you, you know, they may tell you yes, or they may tell you, you know, uh, you may be on a list, a waiting list, believe it or not. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a heavy-duty place. It's like, uh, you know, big, big dollars, but the food is, you know, they've got some of the best chefs working there, and, you know, culinarily, it's a feast. Both uh, for the eyes and for the uh, and for your your stomach. Well, I wrote it down. I mean, it sounds wonderful. So that's great. Uh, that's definitely going to be on my to do list. So mm-hmm. I just want to tell you, I really enjoy the show. And oh, great! Thanks I so hope, much. Yeah, I hope you continue doing it, and, I, and I'm going to keep listening. Excellent. Thanks so much. Right. I really appreciate, it, Jackie. You have a great day. You too. Thanks, Stu. Take care. Bye bye. I think we have another caller here from uh, the nine five four area. Uh, what is your first name and what is your question? 
I see we have a caller from the 954 area. Let's try this one again. What is your first name and what is your question? question is, um, what is a good everyday red wine for under $15? Okay, and I didn't catch your first name again. I'm sorry. What was your first name? Justin. And you're calling from where? Florida. Perfect. Thanks so much, Justin. Well, let me answer that. Um, a good red wine for under 15 I could actually do you one better. There's one that I would suggest. It's I, I've talked about this on the show before. It's from the Columbia Crest Vineyard in Washington State. And normally I don't really recommend Columbia Crest. Typically most of what they make is the, again, value priced under $5, you know, $6, $7, but they actually make one varietal that is fantastic. It's a blend. It's called Columbia Crest Vineyard 10 Red. And it's a, a blend of um, Sangiovese and Syrah and um, Cabernet and a few other grape varietals. And it is great wine. And here's the great part of it, Justin. You can find this wine probably at most retailers for about $8 a bottle. So, again, when you listen to my show and you hear me talk, when I say great value price wines, most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm talking about wines that are, you know, $20 and under. This one happens to be under that $10 mark, and it is absolutely perfect. You can do it by itself. It's a nice everyday wine that you can sip on and have a nice glass at the end of the day, which, whatever your, your choice is, or, you know, serve with some friends. And you can also, a lot of times when you find a, a value price wine under that $10 mark, usually it's one you can just drink by itself. You don't really want to pair it too much with anything because sometimes the, the taste gets lost on the food that you're eating. But in this scenario, this particular case, this really holds up because it has the Cabernet in it and it has the other varietals in it and some bolder, uh, more fuller-bodied type of grapes and varietal. This one you could actually do if you wanted to with some pizza. It's versatile enough maybe even to do with a, a beef dish. So uh, I highly recommend it. Again, Columbia Crest Vineyard 10 Red Two vines, actually. Two vines, Vineyard 10 Red. And go out there. You'll find it for $8. And uh, I really appreciate the call. Call back again for us, Justin. And thanks. Have a really good day. Thank you. You too, Stu. Thanks a lot. All righty. Bye. So getting back to the, let's see, what we were talking about for the day. So I was talking about the Italian wines. And uh, I mentioned uh, one of my value price would be the, uh, that Tuscan Red for $19. And you'll see, as I say, my range tends to vary from anywhere from under 20 But for the most part, I'm keeping it under 20 for everybody because, you know, that's realistic. Um, so, okay, let's go to my pick of the week, as uh, as I normally do here. Every week I'll, I'll, just, I'll be choosing a red and a white wine that I recommend for the weekend or for any occasion. And this week's red is a 2007 Molly Duker Maitre d' Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, Wine Spectator gives it an 88, and I rate it a solid 90 points. Its aromas are mocha and oak. It tastes it has a, it has a generous amount of currant and cherry fruit, ripe and spicy. And the average price you'll find this for is about 24.95. Now, I know that's above normal what I recommend, but I have to tell you, Molly Duker out of Australia, probably one of the best producers of wines in Australia. Period. They make outstanding wines. They have made them for many years. And this particular wine, as Cabernets go, is just great. 
this is one you could drink now through 2011. By itself, it's nice, excellent, but as I've always said, if you've got a nice steak and you're grilling it up or you're doing it on, uh, you know, in a pan or however you're, you're broiling it, whatever you're doing, and you've got like maybe some bacon around the sides, you know, really, really doing a nice steak up, go ahead and pair this with it because it will be perfect. It'll make every bite just as juicy as the first bite. And what's nice about a good Cabernet, if it's done well and the finish is consistent all the way through, when you eat a steak with it, the first bite that you eat and you take a nice sip of the wine, that wine will cut through, will give you that uh, almost that clean palate again so that each bite tastes like the first one. That's, that is my quintessential standard of excellence for a really good Cabernet Sauvignon. So that's my red. Go out there and find it. On the white end, my white wine pick of the week is a 2007 Ovigue Mekong Village. It's French wine. It's a fresh, pure, and elegant wine. It's got notes of green apple, baked pear, and jasmine tea in it. Speaking of minerality, as we talked about in the earlier uh, article, it's got a lot of minerality. So that really, really gives it kind of that nice little earthy tone to it. It's 100% Chardonnay from the Burgundy region. Wine Spectator gives it 88 points. And here's where, <laughs> this is the first, I actually agree with them. And, you know, a lot of people think if they go by the numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. I'll say this first and foremost and get it out there. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm a wine guy in that when you put that wine in your mouth and you, you swirl it around and you do your reverse gargle, closed mouth gargle, and you swallow it or you spit it, depending on what you're doing, I go by that experience. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you poured wine out of a sock for me into a glass and it tasted good to me, my sensibilities and my, my taste buds said, hey, this is great wine, I would not care. It does not make a difference. So I don't go by numbers, but I, I mention them so that this way people have some sort of gauge. You know, I, I, I'm not the expert of the world. A wine spectator does have good um, wine experts that do rate wine. Uh, again, I want to I want to get that out there. But at the same token, I, I want to you know give you my opinion on things as well. So if I was rating it, I would agree with them. And something to know: anything really above the 87 mark is a good wine. You know, out of 100. Although you know it's very rare that you get 100 on, on a wine, and that wine spectator rates it. And there are ones out there. So you know, don't send me emails saying, oh, wait, I know that there's a 100-point wine that was rated. I know. There's been many that have been rated over the course of time. But 88 is a really good rating, period. It's a good wine, nice value wine that you can sip and enjoy. This one, from, as I mentioned, from the Burgundy region of France. Um, I do agree with 88 on the money. You should be able to find this one for about $17. So go out there. You want a nice white wine for the weekend. You're relaxing outside. Uh, depending on where you are in the country, it's either going to be very warm, like where I am in sunny Coral Springs, Florida, or it might be very cold. Either way, it's, it's real good. And you can pair it up with some chicken. I would say do a nice chicken dish. It would be perfect. You even do like a chicken franchise. You want to do the whole French theme? There you go. Okay. Upcoming events for my fellow wine enthusiasts to check out and get into. Are you going out to California? If so, in San Luis Obispo on the 6th of November, 
is the San Luis Obispo Vintners Annual Harvest Celebration. Over 50 San Luis Obispo wineries and restaurants celebrate the harvest. It's at the scenic seaside setting of the Avila Beach Golf Resort. For information and tickets, go to www.slowwine.com or call 805-541-5868 to go check it out. Flipping over to the coast with the most on the 12th in my hometown in New York City. You don't want to miss the, v- the PJ Wines Grand Tasting. It's, it's for a very good cause. The benefit auction against, action against, excuse me, action against hunger. Now I'll just get a little bit more serious. It's held at the City Winery, 155 Varick Street in Tribeca. Tickets can be purchased through www.pjwine.com or by calling 212-567-5500. Do not miss this one if you're anywhere near your New York City on that date. Okay, finally, on the 27th, if you want to celebrate Thanksgiving in Washington State wine country in the Yakima Valley is the Thanksgiving in wine country event. This event has become a Northwest tradition. Yakima Valley wineries open the doors following Thanksgiving to celebrate the season. Come sample the finest wine and food pairings they have to offer. This is probably one of the better times to check out Washington State if you haven't been there before. Don't worry, if you missed any of the events I just spoke of, you can simply go to my website, www.stewthewineguru, and get all of these and more on my news, events, and recommendations page. So go check that out. And go check out my website just for, you know, for giggles, just to see what I have up there. I've got a lot of good stuff. Last but not least, my question of the day from the top of the show, aerators, taste enhancers, or gimmicks? I'll take your calls now, 1-646-381-4860, or... If you're shy and don't like to talk on the phone, you can email your question at info at stewthewineguru.com. Okay, I see a caller from 770 area code. Let's uh, get you on air here. And uh, what is your first name and what is your question? Hi, my name is Nisi. Um, Hi, Nisi. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? <laughs> Fantastic today. What is your question? What can I help you with? Um, I'm more into... Um, White wines, and okay. uh, I, I tend to like um, uh, Zinfandel and Moscato. Okay. Um, well, now white Zinfandel, you mean? Yes, I'm sorry. White. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any like other um, recommendations or something like? On a sweet in that area. You want well, you're, you're talking about sweet wine in general. Yeah, so you're talking I, about like a sweet white wine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more into the sweet wines. Like I um. I was wondering, like, what other, because I usually get Behringer, and I'm kind of picky about trying different other brands. Absolutely. I have a couple suggestions for you. I would go into the German Riesling. That would be another way to go. Um, the one I would recommend for me, probably really fantastic, is one called Willy, W-I-L-L-I, Hog, H-A-A-G. Can uh, you post, are these on your website, or can you post them on the, the chat? Oh, it's actually on, on the website. Okay. Without a doubt, it's probably one of my. Re- it's actually on my recommendations page. It's under Stu Noodleman's World Current World Recommendations List. Okay. So you can go to www.stewthewineguru.com, find it on that that page. It's there. You'll find it for about between fifteen and seventeen dollars on average. Uh, the Cabinet, K A B I N, E T T, Cabinet Riesling. That's what it's called, and it is outstanding for a first timer that's trying, you know, German Riesling. Best yeah, way to go. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go into Muscat's 
or you can go into, uh, if you want, uh, sauternes. Although they tend to be a lot more expensive, they're a sweet white wine. Um, they tend to be dessert wine. So, you know, you can, you can go into a store and ask about a sauterne, but you'll probably spend on a smaller bottle, like a 375 is what they call it. That's the size, 375 milliliters. Uh, you'll probably spend somewhere on average 25 or $30 for a decent sauterne and, and uh, muscat as well. They come in actually, sm- you know, much smaller bottles because, you know, you're not really drinking that much of it anyway. But they're dessert wines, good dessert wines. Okay. And that French wine that, that you mentioned a minute ago, yes. is that a, um, you said Chardonnay, so that would be a dry wine, right? Correct. That would be on the drier end of the scale for you. Uh, those are usually good to drink by themselves, of course, but you can do them, of course, with any type of uh, chicken yeah, dish you want. I'm not a big fan of dry wine, but is mm-hmm. there something like in the middle? I see you only have two minutes left. Like, um, is there something like in the middle, like, you know, uh, semi-sweet, semi-dry? Yeah, you can go. I would go with a, a Sauvignon Blanc. That would be a great way to go, a nice one to go with. You can do uh, possibly a White Ball Lane. Okay. White Hall Lane would be a good one to go with, and you can ask for any, any retailer for White Hall Lane Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I Thank you, Nisi. Thanks for call. Thanks for calling in and and enjoying wine talk. And uh, do so next time. All right. I sure have will. a great Take care. have a great day. Take care. <laughs> well, that actually is all we have for wine talk today. I'm glad that uh, we had a lot of callers call in. Uh, thank you for calling in. You can always email me your questions offline or when I'm not on the show at info at stewthewineguru.com. Uh, any information about what you heard today on wine or anything else, you can visit my website at www.stewthewineguru.com. Remember to come back here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash stewthewineguru on Saturdays at noon for more wine talk. And as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up. Have a great day. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu.